0: Welcome to the Knowles Development Podcast, an exploration in leadership development. I'm your host, Brad Knowles. Now let's dive in. All right, it's influence, right? We're talking influence still here in terms of our seven stipulations of servant leadership. Influence being a huge one. In fact, a lot of people define leadership as influence. Um, And what I wanted to do was talk about, really, it's a combination of two ideas. One is the fact that humans are resistant to change. And very similar to that, we do a lot to avoid pain. So let's start with the first part of that, the resistance to change. And the visual that I love on this is, uh, and it's a little graphic, but hang in there with me. Or don't, hang up now. Ha ha! The mind, the human mind, can often act like the human egg. The way the human egg works, once one gets in, the door is closed, no more get in. Well, the human mind can work in a very similar way. Once an idea gets through the filter... And you confirm, you go like, yeah, that is how the world works. Or, yeah, that is what that person's like. Or whatever it might be. It can be really challenging to get one, someone to shift how they think about it or how they act about it. And as dynamic as we'd like to think we are, we've got to understand that when it comes to a leadership role, And working to influence people, you've got to understand that they are, from the get-go, resistant to change. Even if that change is going to benefit them, it doesn't matter how much it's going to help them. If it requires them to change, there will be some level of resistance. I've witnessed it in my own life. Of uh, you know, I, before getting into leadership and and sales and running offices and all that kind of stuff, I had a had a, an industrial job, and at that job, we had the ability to affect our own um, increases in pay by suggesting ways that the company could save money. A lot of the suggestions required the people, the very employees who were asked to make the suggestions to change how they go about doing stuff. So a lot of them didn't take advantage of that. They could annually increase their compensation by three or 4% just by coming up with a handful of suggestions along those lines. And they just full on wouldn't do it because they were resistant to change. They knew it meant that they would have to Go about this aspect a little different. That might, you know, might have to be on your feet for an extra two minutes over here or something like that. I will tell you, I've seen it in the in the nonprofit world. You know, working with people at churches. You know, you get people who are volunteering. This isn't even a paid thing. You get people who are volunteering. They they set up for a service. They break down for a service. You know, whatever it might be. Man, if if you say, hey, what if we just did it this way? Inevitably you're going to come across a certain amount of resistance to that change. I think it can help to get people to recognize that before presenting the idea or before presenting the thing that's going to require the change. If you can get them to acknowledge like, yup, at the end of the day, we are kind of stupid primates and this is how we're wired and that doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense in certain search, certain instances, that can put people into a place where they're more likely to be open to new ideas, new thoughts, new possibilities, new ways of doing things, all that kind of stuff. Just having them recognize how being resistant to change in the past has not served them. And recognizing that it's not... You know, it's not effective all the time. That sometimes change is is dire. Resistance to change. Know that you are going to face it as a leader at almost every turn. And in partnership with that is the pain avoidance, I would argue. People will do mountains to avoid pain. And sometimes you can replace the word pain sometimes with the word work. You know, I've got a comedian that I love to listen to. His name is Brian Regan. I encourage you to look him up. He's a great comedian. He, he's clean comedian, as it were. Um, so feel free to have the kids around. But he has a great bit on this, which is he worked at a toy store once. And there was another guy who worked there. And his job was like to assemble bicycles or something like that. And the other guy was like, hey... Come check this out. We can get out of working. And there was a a false wall. And then there was the actual wall to the back storage area. And between the two was a gap just wide enough that you could kind of shimmy into. And so the guy shows Brian and they shimmy into it. And then Brian shimmies in. And the guy looks at Brian and goes, isn't this great? And Brian goes, I think I'd rather be working. To me, that just absolutely paints the picture of how much someone will do to avoid pain. In fact, I would put it this way. Almost every person I've ever met, when you really dig down into their motivation, more often than not, they are moving away from pain and not towards the things that will benefit them. So now let's talk about that in the world of influence. First off, you just have to recognize it. If you're going to play the odds with the people that you lead, you have to understand that that's their default setting. It's going to be the oddity. It's going to be the one-off that's looking to move towards pleasure versus avoidance of pain. So just structure your conversations around it. Help them to see how a new initiative, a new way of going about business, something like that will help them avoid pain. You know, as we're recording this, it's right at the beginning of the year right now. And I would frame every conversation I would have with a salesperson right now around where they were last year. Were they okay with that? Assuming the answer was no and they wanted to do more. Then you get them to recognize the fact that, well, then they cannot do the same stuff they did. If they continue to do what they did, they will continue to get what they got. So they have to change. But that change is now tied to them avoiding the pain of staying where they were. Now, contrast that to. Don't you want to earn more money? Don't you want to go on more vacations? Don't you want to buy a better car or a bigger house or whatever? Well, come on, let's, let's do more so that we can have more. Nope. More often than not, that is not going to move the dial. One of the best things I think you can do as a leader in understanding this pain avoidance is that sometimes the short-term pain isn't enough. Sometimes you have to magnify it with time. Let's go back to that sales example. You've got a person who got by last year, but they certainly didn't thrive. They, they barely covered their expenses. In fact, they're a couple of months behind on a couple of credit cards or whatever, and they're not ready to quit, but you know, they certainly didn't knock it out of the park. Sometimes you have to play that scenario out. Nothing's changes. Right, Hey, Jim, let's assume nothing changes. And what you did last year is the same you do this year and the same you do for the next two or three years. Paint me the picture of your life three years from now when your production level has been exactly the same as it was last year. And really go deep on it. Like, oh, how much are you in debt now? And if they say, I don't know, like, well, let's figure it out. How far are you behind now? How long did it take you to get that far behind? Okay, so now let's add 36 months to that. Assuming the rate stays the same, you're now, you know, $14,000 in the hole instead of $1,400 in the hole. Or whatever it might be. Really dig into the nitty gritty because the reality is they're going to move away from that pain. So that pain has to be palpable. They have to feel it people avoid pain. That's how they're wired. You have to understand that as a leader. And our job is to show them how they're going to avoid pain by doing the things that will benefit them. It's only when they're really clear about that are they actually going to change. Are they going to let new ideas in? Because now they realize like, oh shoot, these assumptions I've made actually aren't working. And I have to do something different. Well, that's the space we've got to have them in if they're going to take new action. If they're going to adopt new ideas. If they're going to go from being lukewarm to being on board with the team. You know, all of that stuff requires change. Well, if they're resistant to change and avoiding the discomfort and of pain... Unless we get them there emotionally, that dial is not going to move. It is just not going to move. So now let's look in the mirror. Let's take a little look in the mirror, gang. What changes are you resisting right now? Intellectually, you know you need to make these changes, and yet you haven't. I mean, I've, I've got a coaching client right now. Hands down, person needs a person on the team has to get let go. There's no question about it. There hasn't been a question about it for two months. Person's still working there, right? That's a resistance to change. They got to recognize it. Now, is it going to mean pain? Yup, because the, per- the minute that person's gone... That means they're going to inherit part of that job back. So yeah, there's a pain piece involved too. But the job's not getting done. So the reality is they're slowly dying. Again, play it out over time. What's that going to look like two years from now? Assuming things don't change. They'll be bleeding money. What are you resistant to change right now? I would encourage you to write something down. And number two, if you look back on 2018, just we're at the beginning of the year right now, but you could do this at any time. What things were you doing in the avoidance of pain that if you had leaned into it would have actually gotten you in the right direction? Sometimes, you know, the easy one for me on this is a business owner who isn't developing enough business, enough leads for their business. Because on a day-to-day basis, that activity is uncomfortable at best. I'm calling people. They don't really have anything for me. It's a lot of no's. feels can feel like wasted time because for every 20 calls, I might get one tickle, that kind of a thing. So it's uncomfortable, so I don't do it as much. I avoid the pain, but by avoiding that simple daily pain, fast forward two months or two years, depending on the business, the business has taken a huge step backwards. Financially, it's probably not profitable, and now it's probably a decision of do you close the doors or not, because every Monday morning for two years, you didn't pick up the phone and make some calls or didn't respond to some emails, or whatever it might be. As a leader, you are no different. We are wired the exact same way. We avoid pain, and we are resistant to change. And nobody's going to check us on it, except for the person we look at in the mirror. We have to be self-aware around it. I want to challenge you, to look for, especially on the change part. Just come up with a couple of changes that you know must be made and you've been hesitating on making them. Write them down and then put a date beside it as to when that change will be made. Start making that the new habit. That when you decide a change needs to be made, you actually make it. Instead of resisting it, holding on, and talking to yourself about all the reasons why you should wait. This influence thing is a real thing, people. When you learn how people are wired and you come from a place of integrity, you can have a positive impact on people's lives by helping them get out of their own way and get after the stuff that they really want in life. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope this was helpful and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye.